0: What is up, everybody, from inside the dorm room right here at St. John Fisher College? I found wandering around outside. I had to run him out his his uh, credential. We got it right here. Ready to roll, ready to rock. What is up, Ryan Talbot? How are you? I'm doing
1: well. Excited to be here uh, tomorrow, Sunday, and a few other times over camp to kind of uh, do this thing with you.
0: Yeah, this was the most action-packed day of training camp so far. Now, we've only had two but a lot of plays to dive into over the course of the next 30 to 40 minutes. We are going to bring you today's Shout Buffalo Bills podcast brought to you by the Shout Buffalo Bills Insider Text Group. Check out this chat line, Ryan. We already have – we're nearing 150 subscribers already on the insider line, and they already know a lot of what we're going to talk about today because we've been texting it out throughout the course of the day. All you have to do to sign up is – Type this into your phone uh, on your computer, join subtext.com backward slash shout buffalo bills or text seven one six five two eight six seven two seven. Again, that's seven one six five two eight six seven two seven. Just send a text, it'll give you the directions. You could sign up, you can get an ins, you could become an insider, and then you get everything first, Ryan. It's great. It's
1: it's phenomenal, Matt. You know, I've been seeing a lot of the new interactions coming in. We've been chatting back and forth. Uh, I've learned about some Bill's backers bars out in Portland, Oregon, and all these other places where there are Bills fans who are interacting with us. They're loving all the camp updates. Uh, we've loved the interactions. get on board with it Bill's Mafia.
0: Yeah there's been it's been kind of a crazy day around the NFL too before we get yeah. into you know the the practice, we could probably start off with a couple of AFC injuries that are, Eye-opening. We don't have all the details of it, but two guys carted off the field at practices around the AFC. Cincinnati's Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Ramsey down in Miami. I mean, two pieces. I mean, obviously Burrow, I mean, he's in a handful of guys, three or four, that are probably the most important to their team in the NFL. I mean, what do you think Cincinnati fans are, are feeling right now?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a stunned silence when that happened at practice. And, you know, there's good video out there on social media, Matt, where – Uh, He's running and all of a sudden he kind of pulls up lame and he goes down to the ground and he's holding his calf. Uh, With the case of Jalen Ramsey, he was covering Tyreek Hill and came down and grabbed his knee. You know, the the one thing I saw a few former players in the NFL mention on social media today is the cart is not necessarily an indicator of a serious injury because of where the players have to go. It's to avoid going up and down hills, things Mm -hmm. like that uh but knee injuries calf injuries i mean those are pretty serious we, when you read the reports when you hear everything going on it's going to be something to monitor and those are two big players for their teams as you mentioned
0: and also with you know Garrett Wilson in New York a mm-hmm. little bit of an ankle tweak he goes out the field robert sala says that he's going to be okay but man this is the kind of stuff that happens all the time and like you think we heard from Gabe Davis today i thought it was a really good session i'm going to be writing about him at the site later tonight um, and he was talking about last season and how much that early ankle injury affected him. So these early season injuries, I mean, if you're, if you don't take care of them the right way, they could be, they could turn into kind of nagging things. So we'll, we'll track that around the AFC over the next couple of days, but let's get into the bills. And obviously I put together, uh, my observation story. You can go read that over at Syracuse.com, New York, right now. Where do you want to start Ryan?
1: You know, let's start with this rookie class, man. I think, uh, two of the rookies at the top had a pretty nice day today.
0: Yeah, I want to start with Osiris Torrance. Um, Elena just texted me and said, oh, my gosh, Ryan's in the house. You just snuck in here. She's probably going to kind of come down and want to say hi. Ryan's popular when he comes to town for, the, uh, <laughs> for all the games uh, in the press box. Um, so, yeah, I want to start with Osiris Torrance because the first thing we go out on the practice field today, and as I text it out to the insiders – uh, what what time was that about like 11, 10 yeah. AM this morning that Osiris Torrance was running with the ones uh, out at practice. And this was a big development. I thought, okay, we're probably gonna have to get to pads before they kind of give him that opportunity. But I think to me, that's a big step that they're kind of saying, okay, we've liked what you've done to this point. We're going to give you an opportunity like they have with a couple players at, at middle linebacker. We'll get into that later. But Torrance today, there was one rep specifically that I highlighted in my column, and it was a one-on-one against Ed Oliver. And if you're talking about, you know, good on good, you know, one versus one, that to me is the matchup where I'm diving in head first. And as soon as I saw them lined up across from each other, and it was like, it wasn't even a play that ended up materializing into anything. I think it might've been an incomplete pass or a short shuffle pass or some type of deal. I don't even remember the play. Um, but. It was the one-on-one rep between Oliver and Torrance that was really um, interesting. Osiris Torrance had to get into his position really quick because I thought Oliver showed the get-off off the line. He was going to be a problem. He was going to be in the backfield. He had a sack on the day. I can't remember who he was working against, but he get on this particular rep, he could not get past Torrance anything that he tried. It was like two multiple different things. And, again, they're not in pads. You don't want to overreact um, later in practice. A good rep for Torrance. Later in practice, they flipped things around, and they were shuffling guys throughout practice. So Bates had some run with the first team at right guard. Torrance had some run with the first team. But later, they shifted Torrance to the left side. He was in at left guard. And because Connor McGovern had been at left guard throughout the day with the ones, they moved him over to center, which he has a little bit of that in his bag, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah. You you know, I like this. I like that Sean McDermott and this coaching staff, they're moving some players around early. Uh, They're probably seeing who can handle what role, what job. And obviously you have Mitch Morris at center in Buffalo. You have Ryan Bates who's more than capable, but Hey, why not see what McGovern can do there too? If, if, you know, push comes to shove, there's so many good guards uh, competing for two spots on this team. Maybe he ends up being a backup at some point this season based on the contract. I'm not anticipating that, Mm -hmm. but you you have to wait and see. But Osiris Torrance, going back to the main talking point here, it's always encouraging when you get a rookie, a a guy that comes in, best pure guard in the draft class, a mauler in the run game, some questions about the pass protection, and he goes one-on-one with Ed Oliver early at camp and holds his own. That's a promising sign, Matt. And obviously, once these pads come on in a few days, that's when it, things will get a little bit more serious. And if he holds his
0: own there, he could be staking a claim for a starting job. And uh Roy on uh, YouTube says, boring until the pads come on. And and most of the time, I would agree with you. But I feel like there are, you know, little decisions that happen. And this one is is one in particular with Torrance that I think are, are interesting. Of course, like you can't extrapolate too much out from this when it comes to you know how the competition is going to look once the pads come on or once the games start even, but it's what we have to work with right now. And I think it's, he's facing an uphill battle of winning that job because Bates has been so entrenched in the system. He has all these reps under, under his belt. And Ken Dorsey was talking about that, you know, we're gonna talk about Kincaid in a second. I don't wanna I don't wanna fast forward too much, but it's actually like a maybe a good transition point. Dorsey said that he might have misspoke a little bit when he talked about the role that they see for Kincaid. Remember when we kind of overreacted yeah. to that a little bit, maybe? Um, he said that they know what they want to do with him, but they also don't want to like put too much on his plate too early. They wanna see what he can grasp, see what he can handle. And I I feel like this was a perfect opportunity to see how Torrance reacts to that and that just that one rep i feel like that you could kind of put that in your back pocket as a rookie and and lean on that when you're trying to find some confidence uh the pads go on roy we believe on sunday
1: yeah so that's a good way of putting it matt you don't want to put too much on the plates of these rookie players and you, you test them out here and there. You, you see what they can do, what they can handle, what they can absorb, how quickly they're grasping the playbook. Uh, there's so much that goes into it. And, again, these rookies, a lot of the times from year one to year two in their second year is when you see a big jump because they have a full offseason to work on their weaknesses and things like that. But for Osiris Torrance to come in and look so good out of the gate, that's an encouraging sign. It's a check mark for this coaching staff as well. Uh, and then, you know, Kincaid, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, going back to what Ken Dorsey said, they know what they want to do. As long as he keeps passing these tests at training camp over the summer preseason, that role could end up being quite large for him as a rookie.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's get into Kincaid here. And I, I honestly, before we talk about Kincaid, we could talk about Dawson Knox, who I think today was a great reminder. First of all, we're seeing them on the field together a ton. And I think that that's really exciting for the fans that are in attendance seeing, kind of in their head what this offense could potentially look like with both of them on the field. And it was Knox making what I thought were the two, two of the bigger plays in practice today from a pass-catching perspective. One was on the sideline, and it was a really tough catch. He had to go up on the ladder to make the catch, then get down, get his feet inbounds. And I joked with him during the press conference. He spoke to the media afterwards. I looked like Sean McDermott gave you the, the catch. And he said, nah, I don't really care what Sean said. I, I think I made the catch. And so had a little bit of a laugh with that, but it was a really, really good play. And, you know, I think we forget because of all the expectations for Kincaid, what Dawson Knox can do as a pass catcher. He came in as a raw blocker, like his main skill set was going to be as a play catcher, as a pass catcher. And I think he went out there and showcased it today. And then Kincaid comes in, makes a huge play. Allen has to go off off script. It was very popular name in the chat, Puna Ford and Tim Settle, who were applying the pressure up the middle. It was Josh Allen getting out in the pocket, buying some time. Dalton Kincaid kind of streaks down the middle of the field, gets to an open spot. It's a big-time play. Taylor Rapp was in coverage. And, you know, a lot of things were working for the offense today, and Kincaid was a big, uh, you know, uh, benefactor, and and Knox was kind of a propeller.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's the saying, iron sharpens iron. And these are two really good tight ends on this team. Uh, You know, you don't want to forget about Dawson Knox. I've seen some comments on in the chat here and things like that. Like, uh, how long until Dalton Kincaid is the number one tight end of this team? Like, let's not push things too far. Dawson Knox has been a, a game changer in the red zone for this team the past few seasons. And yes, you know, you probably want to see him be a little bit more involved in the passing game or see him take his stats to the next level. And it hasn't happened yet. Uh, In that regard. But he's been so important to Josh Allen's development in in this league. He's been so good for this offense. And he's still going to have a pretty big role this year, no matter what Kincaid does. So seeing these two working together, seeing them on the field together, even if you watch that new embedded mat, they're golfing together. They're hanging out together. Mm -hmm. Uh, These guys are, are getting, you know, close, good friendship. And a lot of the times that leads to good things on the field as well.
0: Yeah. Knox was talking about the fact that, you know, it's, it's not forced. It's just part of like, you know, kind of vibe that Kincaid brings and I think one of the things that I I, you know Brandon Bean's track record draft track record has been called into question quite a bit Mm -hmm. over the last you know two or three drafts and I think one pushback I'd give on that and I think that there are some real question marks that I think have to pan out for you know him to get some marks but I do think he finds a pretty good quality of person in the draft pretty consistently like if you look at the way that you know guys compete even Elam for as, as disappointing as this probably has been throughout the process to not be able to take hold of that job for him to kind of keep being a good teammate and, and keeping the work ethic, I think says a lot uh, about him and who he is. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It's important to get the character guys, the guys that you know are going to come in. They're not going to have any of those red flags that concern you. And then obviously you're right. He's been called into question of the development, the, rules these players, the lack of all pros, pro bowl honors, stuff like that. But that could be turned turnaround this year. You know, we just talked about two rookies. If these two have a, a great season, everyone's hyping up Brandon Bean again. Everyone's right. talking about how good this draft class is. That's all it takes is one good draft class, and people forget pretty quickly. You know, you look at, at the Jets and Joe Douglas. Douglas had maybe the easiest job in the NFL last right. year getting sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, but people are hyping him up, seeing his praises as this great drafting GM and the classes before that were not very good for that matter. Uh, So like I said, it takes one draft class. It's encouraging what we're seeing with Kincaid. It's encouraging what we're seeing with Osiris Torrance Uh, and, and you know, second year guys like Kyrie Elam. good things still could be coming there too.
0: And I think that's a great point that you make because really there should be some pushback on that because he screwed up the most important one of those. And that was Zach Wilson. Right. And now you have to go and pay the money that, you know, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is taking a sizable pay cut apparently, and that's all well and good. And they have pieces around him, but yeah, I I just think that there's more that goes into building a healthy roster than just hitting on a couple of first round Mm -hmm. picks. And, you know, We'll see how it materializes. I mean, it's a year-to-year league, Ryan. I and mean, we've seen really good seasons and, and guys kind of, you know, come back to earth a little yeah. bit, you know, maybe even improve a little bit. I think Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner are all pro-caliber players. But, man, how many blue-chip players do you need to, to, to compete for a Super Bowl? I mean, more than two. Right. And Absolutely. so I think that uh, he's done a pretty good job with that. All right, let's flip over to the defense. Uh, AJ's asking. AJ, uh, uh, a valued subscriber to the Insider Text Group, uh, asks about Shane Ray, flashing today. And I don't know if I'd say that he flashed. Um, Some people saw a sack and listen, sacks are hard because sometimes there's guys around the ball, the whistle blows, but the ball comes out anyway. So it's hard to really like track that. Down. I didn't have him written down for a sack, but I did see him around the quarterback a couple times, but he's, he's primarily playing on the team. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Obviously he's Von Miller's guy. There's a lot of excitement from Von Miller talking about chain rain. I think, Honestly, it puts a little bit of extra pressure. I mean, knowing that they have Kingsley Jonathan, a guy that's in the system, knows the defense, there's some excitement for what he is as a developing player. You have Boogie Basham. A.J. Epinesa has been out there when Leonard Floyd hasn't been that second defensive end. It's been A.J. Epinesa. So with a guy like Shane Ray, I think it pushes some pressure onto some of these younger players. If Ray inches his way up the depth chart, and he starts to get some second-team reps, first-team reps, and maybe even, that becomes very interesting.
1: Yeah. All of a sudden, a veteran or a former draft pick could get knocked off of this roster uh, before you know it. And Shane Ray's doing what he needs to do right now. And like you said, that's beating 13 uh, offensive linemen, things like that. That's what he should be doing. Early in his career in Denver, he put together some pretty solid seasons. And then wrist injuries uh, really derailed his career. And it happened at the worst possible time. You have the pandemic, and he's out of the league at that point. And he's rehabbing it, coming back. And... You know, there's really no suitors once he's ready to come back to the league. So he has to go to the CFL and he he had a nice season in the CFL. He's Mm -hmm. earned that right to get back into this league. He did the tryout. So it's definitely a feel good story, a story of potentially of redemption, getting back into this league. Uh, But it's something like you said, where we need to see him do it consistently against the second team O line, Mm -hmm. the first team O line. Before we we really sit here and say, you know, this is a guy that could really be stealing a roster spot here at the end of uh, August.
0: We talked about the offense. Allen had himself a really nice day for the most part. There was a couple of bad throws. This one wasn't really one of them. Um, He – well, first of all, before I get to a couple of interceptions that I want to talk about and highlight, Stephon Diggs was money today. Like he was – I mean, at this point, we don't even have to really spend a lot of time on this. I mean, Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. It's to be expected. I had him tracked for five catches throughout the practice, and it's been so consistent. And I think, you know, Josh Allen, as a Bills fan – you know, sitting and watching him on Sundays, you take for granted just the easy button that digs can be uh, on a day-to-day play-to-play basis. There was one play where Josh Allen kind of just found him in, in, in a wide open spot, got him the ball quickly. He accelerated, ran away from the defense. There's like mm-hmm. five guys around him at different points of the play. And he just takes it to the house for a touchdown. Um, one play Allen was looking for Trent Shurfield uh, down the left sideline. Uh, he had beat Dane Jackson in coverage. And I think, you know, I've noticed Dane get beat a couple of times. He made it. He was he was a little competitive yesterday, but today I noticed him. You know, on the on the bad end of a couple of of plays, and I thought Josh Allen made the right decision trying to you know fit a ball into Trent Sherfield to beat his man. The problem was in the deep left of the field was Jordan Poyer kind of lurking. Red Allen bursted to the to the scene, if you will, and just comes swooping in, makes a diving interception, runs it back a couple of yards. It was a really nice play and a reminder of what Jordan Poirier means to this defense.
1: Yeah, and it probably would remind Bills fans in the 10s of maybe that Micah Hyatt interception a few years ago in the playoff game yes. against the uh, Patriots where it looks like it's open, it looks like it's open, and then boom, last minute, you have the safety swooping in, making a play. And, you know, you don't want to – forget how banged up this secondary was last right. year. You had Trey white returning at Thanksgiving from an ACL injury. You had a lot of young guys vying for that other spot and playing time at the safety position. You lose Micah Hyde early. Jordan Poyer was pretty much wrapped in bubble wrap all season last year. The guy uh, played through so many injuries. He missed a few games here and there. He was, but he was essentially a shell of what he's been because of his health. Still a very good player. Don't get me wrong. But plays like this remind you of what this secondary can be like on a regular basis when everyone's healthy and Poyer uh, b- being able the Bills being able to get him to come back on a pretty team friendly deal here when everyone thought he was going to be lost to free agency. This is a, it's a big deal for this Bills defense. Yeah,
0: no, I I totally agree. And I you know Taylor wraps getting kind of worked in a little bit here and there. You even saw you know Cam Lewis getting some reps at safety today. Tamar uh, Hamlin kind of getting, they're kind of shuffling the deck a little bit, which I think it's interesting. You know, most years you don't see as much like, you know, flipping around, but I think part of that is like, you know, Sean McDermott, this is a defense. Now he probably wants to get a look at how this looks in, in multiple layers uh, over the course of the day. Another interception, uh, two more. Uh, we'll go next to uh, Cam Lewis, who in the seven on seven drill, I thought this was a little bit extra impressive because the seven on seven drills, built for the offense right especially when you're not in pads like you know you, you're, you're running away from guys usually there's no kind of traffic in there but Cam Lewis just got dirty on this play and mm-hmm. made, made things really difficult on the offense I think uh, Ka- uh, Khalil Shakir was the target Allen tried to fit it into him Lewis gets into the play kind of bats it up to himself and makes the interception it was a big time play for Cam Lewis and one that I wrote about this too like you kind of forget about Cam Lewis a little bit, right? Like he's almost a forgotten man, but I think he's got the most proven versatility in terms of what he can do as, as a defensive player, undrafted guy, you know, Sean McDermott really likes that scrappiness to his game, he can play inside. He can play boundary, he can play safety, makes the play today. A, a nice feather for uh, Cam Lewis.
1: Definitely a nice feather for him. And listen, there's competition at the bottom of that roster for the last few cornerback spots. So every time he makes a play like that, he's saying, I belong on this roster. I've been on this roster. No one else is going to take that job for me. And, you know, we've talked about Cam Dansler. He didn't practice today. We've talked about Jamarcus Ingram. And, and there's others too. There are guys fighting Alex Austin. But when you have someone that makes the interceptions, it's comfortable in this defense. And if he keeps shining, one play like that, stacking those days is going to land him on the bottom part of this 53 man roster, but it's still going to get him on those. Uh, the active roster is still going to possibly get him into action on Sundays. So this is a promising play for for Cam Lewis. And, again, I know last year um, someone said not great at not knocking down footballs. People still kind of hold that against him from the whole uh, Minnesota Vikings game. But one play, one moment, you know, good to see him have a great play here at camp.
0: Yeah. And uh, obviously, that's one that he's probably played over more times in his head over the course of the offseason than any fan has. Yeah. Because uh, that was, you know, he, he took that pretty hard. That was an emotional moment for him. Uh, but he, he's a guy, he reminds me a lot of Benford in that he's very competitive in these scenes, like uh, at, at camp, even right. before the pads come on. Um, if you want to get ultra competitive with, you know, your fellow Bills fans, you want to join the Shout Buffalo Bills insider text group. And you do so right now by. Uh, going to joinsubtext.com backward slash shout Buffalo Bills, get a two week free trial. What better time than in training camp to get the free trial? Don't want to go to the website? Just type in 716 528 6727. What's the number, Ryan? 716
1: 528 6727.
0: I like that inflection that you use you. in your voice. You send a text to that number, anything, just sign me up. You will get all the directions to sign up for the chat. And then you're going to get daily text messages from Ryan and I from the practice field. It's going to go all through the season long. Like when we go to the facility, when we go watch practice, you're going to get the first updates. Before I type anything on Twitter, I'm typing to our insiders.
1: Yeah. You know, like you said, training camp, preseason, roster cutdown time, Matt. There's always a few players that we get those, uh, the news on, hey, so-and-so is being let go. So-and-so has made the roster insiders are getting that before we put that out there on social media they're going to get these reports daily they're going to be in the locker room with us essentially it's a great great deal bills mafia uh the the fans already signed up are loving it get
0: in now i know i mean we're we're pushing already towards uh 200 so let's go sign up right now at least do the two-week free trial to see if it's for you uh this thing is going to be rocking all season long and uh it's great um next up I want to go to the middle linebacker competition because we talked a lot about Tyrell Dotson yesterday. And one of the interesting things that came from Brandon Bean was that these guys are going to each get their opportunities to play, right? And today we saw that play out. Terrell Bernard was basically the middle linebacker on the first team defense throughout practice. Um, and he made a splash play. And one that, you know, for his predecessor in Tremaine Edmonds, that's something that Everybody was waiting for on over and over again. And like being in the right spot at the right time, making a play on the ball. He did that today. I want to talk about this middle linebacker and, uh, competition and how it kind of shakes out. Um, but let's get to the play first. So Bernard is in coverage. It's uh, the last 11 on 11 period of practice. And Josh Allen looks to try to find Khalil Shakir, who by the way, in his own right had himself a really nice day continues to just be Mr. Steady. Plays everywhere, can do a little bit of everything. I think that we're going to see both Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir in the slot. I think we're seeing Shakir everywhere. Like, I think yeah. they're going to find ways to get him on the field, but that's a, a conversation for maybe another day. So Bernard is in coverage, right? Picks up Shakir, plasters on him, and he is right on him throughout the course of the rep. Allen tries to fire it in there. It bounces off Shakir. Not a great play for him, mm-hmm. but Right place, right time. Bernard takes advantage of it, makes the interception. It's a really good play. And I think those are the kind of plays that you want to see Bernard stack. But I also think that this middle linebacker position or competition is now starting to become maybe one between two players because A.J. Klein was on the third team. I don't know how much he's factoring. They know what they have in him. right? I think the competition is between Dotson, who knows the defense, what can he do, given the opportunity? And Bernard, who spent the offseason, really getting himself into a place of comfort. And he is looking the park. He, to me, was the guy that stood out in the spring, comes in here, runs with the ones, makes a big play on day two of training camp.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it is a two-man race at this point, especially when we were told Dorian Williams is going to be more so working on the, the outside linebacker spot. Uh, A.J. Klein, like you said, they know what they have in him, and he's also an intriguing player where I feel like if uh, the Bills wanted to, they could probably cut him at roster cut down, sneak him onto the practice squad as a veteran. Uh, he, he sat there on the open market for quite some time before the Bills brought him back. Uh, give these young guys some run, even if it comes like a bail inspector for uh, late, late in this linebacker room. But for the actual starting job, I think it comes down to Bernard, uh, who, like you said, maybe the player of the spring, because yeah. every time we talked about those spring practices, Bernard's name came up. He looked bigger. He, he was obviously still had the speed. He had a better understanding of this uh, uh, defense, excuse me, and you know where he needed to be. When he was on the field last year, when he actually got that opportunity, he kind of looked lost mm-hmm. at times. But yeah. that's common for rookies. He learned from it. He grew from it. And then obviously Tyrell Dotson, you know, the guy that's been in the system. The guy's been waiting for the opportunity. It seems like a two-man race at this point, Matt.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, looking around the rest of the linebacker room, I think Matt Milano, I mean, he just does what he does. Like, I, I don't I – don't yeah. it's kind of the Stephon Diggs yeah. model, right? I don't have to it's bring like you – Defensive Stephon Diggs. Yeah, we don't have to bring you he a lot of the day-to-day you. stuff. Like, there, were, there hasn't been any splash plays yet, but, I mean, I, I'm sure that they will be coming, and we will talk a lot about that. Dorian Wilson, Williams, I want to put one little nugget in here about him. There haven't been a ton of plays. We talked about the the uh, tipped uh, the, the bat down that he had on a pass rush yesterday. It seems like he's playing fast. Like, I, I, I wonder how much Sean McDermott is simplifying things for him right. and allowing him to go out there and just react and play fast and kind of highlight, showcase his speed. Because it's evident. You see it out there on oh, yeah. the practice field when he's doing it. I'm excited for you to take a look at him tomorrow and see what it looks like.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait either. I mean, again, the intangibles are there. He... All the testing numbers, the athleticism, he's a matchup type linebacker. So whether it is playing on the outside, whether eventually he makes the move to the inside, he's an interesting prospect. And I like where he's at right now where they don't have to rush him onto the field, but they're also letting him kind of play maybe a more simplified mode, like you said, and take advantage of that and show his athleticism, show what he can do in small sample sizes. So when that opportunity does eventually come, it feels like second nature to him.
0: Little side note here. Priority practice squad guy, Traven Howard. I think mm. he, dude flies around, he's kind of like sneaky, just like in plays. Like you look up, and all of a sudden, oh, boom, there's 45. And you're like, wait a second, what's he doing? What, what, what's he doing? We're watching so much Bernard, watch so much Dodson, but he keeps showing up. And so, I, I think that that's another name to kind of track over the course of the summer.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, former Ram linebacker, uh, won a Super Bowl with Los Angeles, someone that is vying for one of those depth roles on this team, can plan special teams. And like you said, if he's always around the football, mat in, in the uh, training camp practices during the preseason, this coaching staff is going to notice.
0: All right. We got a lot more to get to here. We're about 30 minutes in. We'll probably be with you for another 15 minutes or so. Catch of the day today. Let me bring that up. Sure. It, it could have been Dawson Knox. Shakir made a pretty good one as well. Quentin Morris. Hmm. Wow, right. this was a really good play. Actually, let me bring up my handy-dandy notebook. Where did I put it?
1: I'm going to put oh, my notebook, man. See notebook. Oh,
0: no. Where's my notebook? Oh, is it right
1: there, actually? Under the shoe? Yeah, it
0: is. There it is. <laughs> and it's open. Dude, the dorm room is a mess, everybody. I apologize for that. But let me get this open here because it was a really, really nice play. And um, let see where I can find it here got some questions there while i look yeah
1: actually let's let's jump into some of these questions we had a ton of puna ford questions both in the insider text and i've seen on uh the the chat here what are your thoughts on puna ford thus far
0: so again like the the thing about puna that i want to like reiterate to people is that the pads aren't on yet Right. right and so there's really i have not noticed Outside of an Ed Oliver play here or there, I, I mentioned earlier the Tim Settle and, and Puna combination pressure mm-hmm. that, ha- that they applied on Josh Allen. He's looked apart. He's looked good. I mean, right. he's a big dude. I mean, he eats up space for sure. So I think we're going to be, you know, o- over the course of the summer as the pads come on and we start to kind of see him be able to kind of assert his physicality a little bit more, we'll get to kind of learn a little bit more about him. But you can just – Tell by his face. Is that weird? Like he's a business guy. Like he's an all-business kind of guy. The way he walks around, the way that he is in the in the in the in in the huddles. There haven't been any big time plays yet, splash plays, but he definitely looks the part.
1: Yeah. Uh see Bale Inspector. He's been another guy that fans are asking about. You know, Bale Inspector has the intangibles, the athleticism. He tested extremely well coming into the draft last year. Not someone that we're expecting to be competing for a starting job here. uh, but someone that could take one of those final roster spots at linebacker, be a core special teams player. Yes. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Um, some fun questions in here. Uh, someone said, if and he we were... plays like
0: his hair's on fire, remember that Ooh, okay. you don't know anything about that unless your no, beard hair was maybe on fire. the beard. Yeah. That, sometimes
1: okay. that gets pretty long. Right. Uh, some fun ones that I saw in the chat. It said, if we were actually rooming in the same thing and there were bunk beds, who would have the top? It'd be Perino. I'm a big guy. I'd be afraid of it. Like collapsing and crushing him. You're oh, you're dude. going up on the top bunk.
0: Yo, after this, let's set these up. It's a great <laughs> photo op. It would be right. a pretty good Ch- photo. Stay tuned we to our will. Twitter account. We'll do it. Now, am I going to go on the top? Cause that, if we're setting these up, it's going to be very fragile. Oh boy. We have to be careful. Yeah. But we, like, we don't, don't need, need the have a cart coming trip.
1: here. We don't need the cart coming
0: to the room. Jeez, dude, seriously. <laughs> My wife does not want any part no. of that. All right. So, um, the Quentin Morris, I found it. Yeah. Um, it was an electric play. So Kyle Allen's looking over the 11 on 11, looks over the middle. Quint Moore starts to get a little bit of separation. Guess who just happens to be in the mix in the middle of the field? Traven Howard. Howard. Of course, he's always, always around there. the play when he's out <laughs> on the field. It's. I'm telling you guys, I, I noticed it in the spring. Haven't talked a lot about it, but we will. Yes. Step Brothers. Yes. Right, it's a step that's Brothers right. reference. Did we just become best friends? Can, and and yeah. once we do that, we'll have so much room for activities.
1: That's right. You got to go and a, ask for the permission first. I love that.
0: What are our top three activities that we could do if we oh. were to make the bunk beds? We didn't do like uh, mini sticks. Minis. Yep. Mini sticks are crafts, fun. Yep. Get a wiffle ball in here. I can, I Ooh, can throw some like the fastballs. Okay. No, fastball. I'm bringing the heat, dude. Like I don't, okay. you're not going to get the off-speed stuff. You're going to get the <laughs> fastballs high and tight. Um, All about it. Anyway. So Quentin Morris Get some separation. The problem is Howard gets his hand on the ball. So now he's got to react. Makes a one-handed catch. I mean, Dawson Knox was talking about it. It was super pretty. Quentin Morris versus Jace Sternberger. It's going to be like a low-key, interesting little battle to watch. The Bills keep three tight ends. Sternberger, Brandon Bean mentioned yesterday, they really liked him during the draft process. I think that that actually came out. We talked about it yeah. on the show a couple of days ago. But that's going to be one to watch because this was a, a guy that had some, you know, real juice coming out in the draft was picked ahead of Dawson Knox at the time and kind of stylistically I think is a better fit in terms of behind what – I don't think Quentin Morris is this like elite blocker. I think Morris is like kind of that athleticism athleticism type player too. But I think Morris has like the edge on him from a special teams perspective.
1: Special teams perspective, knowledge of this offense, uh, played a bit in it last year too when the opportunity arose. Yeah, Sternberger though. Uh to his credit, had a great season in the USFL. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned the part about Brandon Bean saying that they liked him coming out. When these general managers, Matt, the front office personnel, when they do these interviews, top 30s, virtual interviews, whatever, they have like their own files and uh, folders and notes on these players because they know that sometimes as a player, there's no chance we're gonna get them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a top 10 guy, top 15 guy, but when they become a free agent, we might be able to bring bring them in or uh maybe we won't get him in the second or third round of the draft but maybe eventually down the road we can bring him in so they had notes on Sternberger because they did their due diligence on him it's the same thing uh with the running back that they brought in he was Good a Evans. yes he was someone that was a virtual interview because at that time the pandemic was in full swing uh and they couldn't go on top 30 visits so the Bills did their due diligence on these players and, and you know Andy Isabella is coming in here for a workout tomorrow and I'll have to go back and look at my notes because I, I keep track of that year by year, who's come in, who's visited, uh, and to see if Bills are, you know uh, did any due diligence on him
0: when he came out too. little note on Darrington Evans, getting a little work at punt returner today, uh, which is what we talked about yeah. is maybe a little bit of extra juice uh, that he can bring as uh, Brandon Bean called him a home run hitter. It was him and uh, Deontay Hardy back there today, which I thought was interesting. I didn't see Sh- Shakir working today. So that's going to be something that we track.
1: Yeah, that, that is very interesting. And, and, you know, Darrington Evans was a very good return man when he was at Appalachian State. Didn't get as many opportunities in the NFL. Did mostly uh, kick returns in his first year in Tennessee. Had uh, about nine of them in his second season. Uh, so someone, though, that could come in. And, and if he shows what he, his worth as a kick returner, punt returner, could claim that final spot on the 53-man roster when all is said and done.
0: All right, what else we got? Anything else? Question wise, um, before we get out of here, you know, we hit
1: up a lot of them. I actually had a Reggie Gilliam question. Any anything with Reggie Gilliam?
0: Nice, nice uh, catching the uh, today. And, yeah. You know, a Reggie Gilliam catch. I can't get into the details of how it happened. Sure. Like you know uh, what what the where it was or or, or anything like that. But he, dude, he's just Mister Consistent. Right. Like every time you look at him on the sideline, it's like, you know, a, a lot of people try to like write him off the roster, which. I did last year mm-hmm. and by accident. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I didn't have the fullback category in my article. So it just like omitted him. Um, I would have put him on the roster had I known, but it just was a, kind of just like a little bit of an error, but he's just like, he shows up, he makes plays, not a lot to report on Reggie Gilliam, but listen, they love him. Yeah. He's, he's one of their special teams aces. I think he, he's low key sneaky lock still.
1: Yeah. I would agree with that completely. And you know, they have all these mouths to feed on offense, but, If you look at his first three years in this league, the last two years, he went from 14% of the offensive snaps to 17%. Obviously, as a rookie, he wasn't very involved in the offense. He had a few snaps here and there, but he is a core special teams player. He is a great special teams player for this team. We know how much they value that. Uh, I think he is, like you said, a low-key lock still to this point. I would be very surprised if he was not on this final Mm -hmm. roster.
0: I'll be very surprised if half of the people watching this live stream right now don't go up and sign up to be a Shout Buffalo Bills insider mm-hmm. text member. Do it right now. You'll get a free two-week trial all throughout training camp. You'll get all of our practice reports. Ryan and I are going to be boots on the ground tomorrow. Yeah. If you are thinking about joining this thing, tomorrow is the day to start. Tonight, get ready because we're going to be firing off texts. All day tomorrow. You're going to be at work. You're going to be getting updates on who's on the first team, who's playing where, what's happening, who's making the big plays, what are our thoughts on all of it. Just go to subtext.com backward slash Bills or text 716-528-6727. That'll lock you in for a two-week free trial. Boom, there we go. Perfect time. All right, he's Ryan Talbot in the dorm room. We're going to set up these uh, bunk beds here, post a picture of it. It's going to be a great time. See you guys tomorrow. Take care, everybody.